Well, I'm assuming that many of you were up very early this morning, uh, and uh, I'm listening to the singing behind me, and it's fantastic. So maybe that's what we need to do every Sunday is get up really early uh, and, uh, and then come and we're fully energized to, to sing. Christmas seemed really different this morning, uh, although I'm assuming seven years ago we went to church on Christmas Sunday, uh, but it just seems things are a little different today. We're here, so we've had to kind of chop up what we typically do on a Sunday morning. And this is the first time we've had uh, one of our children working on a Christmas day. And so we had to drop Lauren off at work at 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, and uh, I didn't have the Mackey's tradition, birthday cake for breakfast on Christmas. So I'm feeling a bit weak. <laughs> But you don't have to fret, because we are having birthday cake this morning. And so, uh, I know there's only a couple of kids here. After I'm done my little talk here, we're going to sing another carol. Uh, those of you who are kids or feel like you want to be kids, there are a bunch of cupcakes to decorate downstairs. So you are going to just leave during the next song, uh, and you can go down, and then you're going to bring them up. And then at the end of the service, we're going to sing happy birthday, and then there's going to be coffee, tea, uh, and cupcakes to eat uh, before you leave. And I'm sure you're not going to be going home and eating anything more for the day anyway. So that'll get, that'll get you primed. Life is uh, filled with moments. The, those experiences in our life that, that are branded on our heart uh, and in our memory. Uh, some of those moments are, are dark and, and dreadful. Uh, I remember picking up the phone and listening in on a conversation of my aunt phoning my mom to, to tell us that uh, her husband, my uncle, had passed away. Uh, I remember the phone call when my mom called to tell us that my brother-in-law uh, had been killed in a motorcycle accident. Uh, there are moments in our life that are thrilling. I can remember playing baseball and not hitting one grand slam, but hitting two grand slams in one game. And it wasn't just in one game, it was in the same inning. Things like that happen in slow pitch, but still, it was a, it, it was a, it was a thrilling, thrilling moment for me. Uh, and then there are those amazing moments. Uh, the birth of our children. Uh, my wedding day, standing at the front and looking through the closed doors at the church in, in uh, Pickering, uh, and then them opening up and Allison walking up to marry me. Uh, breathtaking, magnificent, spectacular, overwhelming, humbling. It, it was a moment of splendor for me. And it's moments like that that helped me Appreciate, I guess to a small degree, what the shepherds must have experienced on that night when they were looking after their sheep in the hills of Judea, and the angel of the Lord appeared, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven 
and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. This morning, instead of one of us just standing up here and doing a shorter sermon, I got Brian, myself, and Ben are going to take an even shorter amount of time, and we're going to kind of cover the theme, Jesus has come. Uh, and uh, I'm going to look at Jesus has come, the anticipation of his coming. And uh, Brian is going to look at Jesus has come, our present reality. And, and uh, Ben is going to look at uh, Jesus has come, our future hope. Uh, so as far as anticipation uh, is concerned, if you, if you look at the Bible and you understand history, God's people uh, had an anticipation uh, they were eagerly awaiting at times in their history uh, for the promised Messiah. If we go all the way back to the beginning of Genesis where, where God promises that there was going to be one who would come, who would, would deal with Satan and who would be uh, our savior. And if you were to break God's people into to categories, you would have those who even up to the point of Jesus' birth were, were we're eagerly awaiting the birth of the Messiah. And we read of Simeon and, and Anna. Uh, probably the majority of, of, of the Jews of the time probably were just going about life wondering if God had forgotten his promise, wondering why God had become so silent. Uh, kind of knew that there was this thing about a promised Messiah, but, but kind of indifferent to it. They, they just lived each day uh, unto its own. But then there were the shepherds. Of all people, the shepherds really had very little anticipation that this promised Messiah would be of any benefit uh, to them. Uh, this promised Messiah may hold great hope for the rest of God's people, but certainly not for them. Because they were, they were kind of a lowly, despised class. They were, they were very poor. Uh, they often slept in the pens uh, with their sheep. Uh, typically uneducated. Uh, low pay. Not a whole lot of chance for advancement in their job. Uh, not, not the kind of person that you would bring home to marry your daughter or, or marry uh, your son. They were... often seen as dishonest, untrustworthy. They really had no status in society. They were seen as unclean. They were rejected and ridiculed as misfits and, and outcasts. And they were caught in a catch-22. See, their job was to provide the sacrificial animals that fueled the religious system. But because of their job, they were considered to be unclean. And they didn't have any time to clean themselves up. And so they were isolated from, from God's people, uh, from the temple, from the national hope that this promised Messiah held for the Jewish people. If I was going to pick someone who I was going to announce the birth of this promised Messiah, this, this good news of great joy that was for all people, the one that was going to bring peace between man and God, it would not be the shepherds. In fact, they'd probably be the last people I would chose. But God chose the shepherds to proclaim this great news that the promised Messiah had been born 
this good news of great joy that was for all people, including the shepherds. And I don't know about you, but every time I think about the Christmas story and I think about the shepherds, I realize what extraordinary news the birth of Jesus has for ordinary people like me and and maybe ordinary people like you. And what great news it has uh, for people who feel they've got no hope, who feel lonely, who feel like they're the outcasts in our society. The birth of Jesus is great news for all people, that we all can have peace with God. The promised Messiah has come. No wonder the shepherds joined in worship. Glory to God in the highest. Have you ever found yourself without a Bible and wanting to tell a Christmas story, but you have a bag of M&M? Oh, sorry, that's... (laughs) Anybody who was here, that was... Notes from last night. Well, you know, Owen stole my thunder last night, and <laughs> you guys got to have a marital squabble at the front. So, <laughs> um, Luke two is where you find the Christmas story, and um, probably the most famous reading of it is is Linus. Um, But hopefully you've either read it or heard it um, already this Christmas season. But maybe you haven't continued on. And so this morning I'm going to read Luke 2, verses 21 through 32. Um, And I'm going to read it uh, from the message, just so it gives us a a fresh hearing of it. So you may not be able to follow uh, along unless you have a copy of the message in front of you. Luke 2, 21. When the eighth day arrived the day of circumcision, the child was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. Then when the days stipulated by Moses for purification were complete, they took him up to Jerusalem to offer him to God as commanded in God's law. Every male who opens the womb shall be a holy offering to God and also to sacrifice the pair of doves or two young pigeons prescribed in God's law. In Jerusalem at the time, there was a man, Simeon by name, a good man, a man who lived in the prayerful expectancy of help for Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit had shown him that he would see the Messiah of God before he died. Led by the Spirit, he entered the temple. As the parents of the child, Jesus brought him And to carry out the the rituals of the law, Simeon took him in his arms and blessed God. God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes, I have seen your salvation. It's now out in the open for everyone to see. A God revealing light to the non-Jewish nations and of glory for your people, Israel. Jesus has come, the present reality. So here we have Mary, Joseph, and Jesus following along the Jewish traditions. So at day eight, a young male would be circumcised and given his name, which they did, Jesus. Then around the one-month mark, there would be the redemption of the firstborn ceremony. And then... There are, during that time, there's 40 days of purification 
for the mother and child. And so we pick up this story at the end of those 40 days. And so 40 days after the stable birth, in the temple court, a busy place. It would be busy. It would be filled with hundreds, if not thousands of people. And Mary and Joseph and Jesus are in there. And here this old Jewish man, Simeon, led by the Spirit, finds the three of them. And he declares, Adonai, Lord, Lord, you made a promise and he is here for everyone, for the Jewish people and for the Gentiles. And Simeon would have known this, having studied scripture since he was a young boy. Isaiah 52, verse 10 says, the Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. On Christmas Eve, 1932, Robert McGinsey attended a midnight church service in New York City and then headed back to his one-room apartment. As he walked the final blocks, he passed the open doors of some private clubs where people were shouting and swearing and singing and having their festivities. There were some that were so drunk they had passed out on the sidewalks as he walked by them. What a strange way to celebrate the birth of the most perfect person who'd ever lived on earth. McGimsey thought to himself, we seem to have this, this all messed up. We've missed the significance of the whole thing, the whole message of Christ's coming. So that night, McGimsey wrote his thoughts on the back of an envelope. And today we have this song, which you may or may not be familiar with. Sweet little Jesus boy, they made you be born in a manger. Sweet little holy child, we didn't know who you were. Didn't know you'd come to save us, Lord, to take our sins away. Our eyes were blind, we could not see, we didn't know who you were. Long time ago you were born, born in a manger, Lord. Sweet little Jesus boy, the world treats you mean, Lord, treats me mean too. But that's how things are down here. We don't know who you are. You have told us how, and we are trying. Master, you have shown us how. Even when you were dying, just seems like we can't do right. Look how we treated you. But please, sir, forgive us, Lord. We didn't know it was you. Sweet little Jesus boy, born a long time ago, sweet little holy child, we didn't know who you were. The present reality is that God made a promise of redemption and salvation because of his unconditional love for each one of us. And that fulfilled the promise that he made with the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus 
the Messiah. Season, reason. Let me just finish by reading what is very familiar, but again, I'm going to read it from the message. John 3, 16 and verse 17. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all that trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. Our future hope. Yes, we have received a savior. Christ has come, he has reconciled us to God, he has delivered all people from sin, and those who are willing to trust in him may be free now from the bondage that we are in. And that is a wonderful message, and yet we know that the story doesn't end there. The reality is we still live in a world full of darkness, full of sin. And because of that, we need something more. We need this world ultimately to be restored to its original goodness. And, and scripture says this is exactly what Christ will do. We are told in Philippians 2 that he who humbled himself to the point of being a man and even dying on a cross has been lifted up that in Christ's resurrection and in his ascension we see his glory. And that God has done this so that every knee on earth, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord that we will all bow our knee and confess him as Lord. That this is God's ultimate purpose, that we would all follow this Christ, the one who was humble even when he didn't need to be. And we have this hope that he will be glorified. We see in scripture that there is a day coming when he will return, and in full glory. And this is one of the great mysteries of Christmas, that he who came as a child in a manger, he who loved shepherds and the lowly, he who laid his life down on a cross, he who never sought an earthly crown, will be given the crown of crowns, that he will be glorified above all men, and that when we submit to him, the world shall be remade. Now, we're, we're going to be talking about this more next week, so I didn't want to go too far into that, especially since I knew mine might need to be a little shorter, since the first two might be a little longer, but... I just want to give you that tidbit. This is something we need to hold on to, this future hope that we have in Christ, and that on this Christmas morning, we should be celebrating not just the fact that we have a Savior who has come, but that we have a Savior who is yet to come and will remake this world.